Decades ago, so prophetic. It's a special day, a, a Tuesday. Kind of feels like a Monday because of the long weekend, but it is a Tuesday. It's the third of September as we turn the corner into the fall. I have a special, special guest, and I'd like to say an old friend with us today. I think y'all know we promoted Deanna, and we're going to have her on in just a second and uh, uh, have a nice conversation because it's been quite a while since we spoke. Um, just to start out, Roger Sales, uh, Radio Ranch, People's Patriot Network. And uh, as we start off today, turning the corner into September, uh, I noticed that the bond market stepped off a cliff as the market opened, and they desperately pumped it up. Pretty significant move from the normal uh, routine, and also gold spiked $15 this morning up. So looks like we're stepping into the volatility we've been expecting for a while. And uh, so Deanna Spingola, last week, hadn't talked to this gal in a couple of years, and my Skype boop came up, and it was Deanna, and she said hi, and I said, can you come on the show next week? Basically, we didn't have any too many formalities or anything. I was so glad to hear from you, Deanna. And so the day's here, and you're here, and uh, welcome. I, I don't, it's been a long time. We were over at the other, net. I call it affectionately ex-wife number three. Uh, the last time that we spoke. So we got our own deal here now, and it's really good to have you. And uh, uh, it'll be a pleasure to hear what you got to say. And I know you got many fans in our audience. Well, I appreciate that. I, I really do. Uh, yes, September 3rd, uh, my mother's birthday. And I was thinking, I was thinking, she's dead. Uh, but I was thinking yesterday, uh, uh, my first child, um, I went into labor on Labor Day with my first child. And, and so it was Labor Day, so, right? Yep. You got a lot of, a lot of uh, important things to identify with this time of the year, don't you? I do, yes. Yes, and, and I, I believe every, well, every season has, has memories and things that, uh, that we can relate to or yeah it's um every day is a wonderful day it can't be a wonderful day those so uh, well you know I, my father was was alcoholic and was in alcoholics anonymous for 17 years till he died and uh well, they have a very my mother was an alcoholic also well uh, you know so i was steeped in it when i was younger and um their little saying of one day at a time and you know this is the only day that God gives us and he expects you to you know uh, do something with it and so that's what we try and do here that's part of the reason that for the show for this program for me uh, to help people that are struggling and looking and asking questions truth seekers with the very complex way that we've been enslaved and for me to have somebody to talk to because I'm going to tell you if I didn't have this I'd be bored stiff Okay, oh, and, and really? so yeah, it's a whole bunch of things that work, and it, we're a very informal show, and uh, we have a, a core group of very loyal, smart, educated, aware listeners, and uh, uh, and I see it before uh, as a group of very strong individuals, and that's the only way we're gonna 
proceed in a good manner. It's the weak people in the big group that they can mess with and uh, uh, manipulate and all that. And as we're, we're commanded to come out of her. And that's kind of what we've, I think, got a formula to do here. Uh, you, you can come out of her in all of her facets, geographical, political, and financial. Uh, so it, it's real special, I think, what's developed. Because I didn't necessarily start out to intend to do this, but it's the way the program has kind of developed, and uh, I think we got I think we got some exciting times ahead of us. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I think we do. We have some interesting times, some uh, some scary times, given the things that are occurring, and um, I just listened to the to many of the talks. Uh, during the 5G crises summit and on Saturday I had a gentleman on my program uh, that talked about the uh, the 5G and uh, it was just a very interesting program. I had Dr. Paul on, Martinell Paul, P-A-L-L and as you say I, I never really intended to do what I'm doing um, it just happened because uh, when you learn something, when you know something and have studied something, I believe you have a moral obligation to share it rather than to just retain it. I believe that what you're doing is is a remarkable thing, and <laughs> I think we're we're of the same kind of kind of caliber that we we do feel like we have to share what we know there's a duty there and and as i've gotten deeper into it all the years i didn't have to have this as motivation from the start by any means but as i got into it and started dissecting it and people had come up saying what the hell are you doing this for <laughs> you know and uh the justification the uh, mandate if you will is in the old testament and it's the watchman on the wall prophecy and that says and i'm sure everybody's familiar with it but it bears repeating that if you see danger coming and you tell your fellow man and they disregard what you tell them the blood's on their hands and if you don't tell mm -hmm. them the blood's on your hands and i i don't want any more i don't want any of their dirty blood on my hands i mean i've been sick of their crap since i was in college in vietnam okay uh and right. conscious of all this stuff and way back then knew something was wrong it just took me a couple of decades before i stumbled into the tax movement and here we are you know right I, th I know the audience they know plenty about me because we talk all the time about our stuff and i know they want to hear about you deanna so why don't you uh do uh, go into what's been happening to you and let's get that out of the way so people know okay um well, uh, my audience knows that I've had some health, health issues recently, and um, as a result of those health issues, it's really a kind of a remarkable thing. I learned about, and, and actually you kind of, kind of hinted at this a couple of times on your program, uh, when you were talking about the third eye and you were talking about going out and, and gazing at the sun and that kind of thing and uh, I just kind of kept put it aside and I learned about energy medicine because uh, well because I was having some some terrible issues uh, I was in a situation where 
uh, where <laughs> uh, in June of 2018, I was really, really, really sick. I was just horribly sick. And um, it was uh, a lot of sickness is stress-related. Mine was definitely stress-related. And I had gone from, in 2015, I weighed 135 pounds. And in June of last year, I weighed 101. Holy smokes, Deanna. And my, um, I, uh, <laughs> I was, it was a Friday night, and I was coughing because I, I, I have something called bronchiostasis. And bronchiostasis is a result, I had IBS first, and IBS is stress-related, and what what happens is it presses against your diaphragm, and it somehow presses, does something with your lungs, uh, so I developed this, this horrible cough, and I was, I had, every year for like three years, I had pneumonia, I had uh, bronchitis, and it was all stress-related. And in June of, um, of last year, uh, on a Friday night, I had a really bad coughing spell, and I felt a, a lot of pain. And the next day, of course, I, I had scheduled a program, as I do every Saturday, and I, I Skyped the person that was going to be on the program, and I said, I, and I, I Skyped him the next morning, I said, I am, I'm really hurting, and I can't breathe very well, could you be the host as well as the guest and I had uh, another guest on with him and he said sure I I love him his name's Dave Kahari and he did the program for me and so um, I was really having an incredibly difficult time but I went about my 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 duties my went about my activities Sunday, I, I went to visit somebody, and uh, I went to visit somebody, and uh, then Monday, I I was just doing terribly, just really bad. I I just sat on the couch all day and did nothing, didn't even get dressed. Uh, Tuesday, it was about the same thing, and my my son was came into town to visit my daughter, who recently passed away. Um, she. Uh, she had uh, metastatic breast cancer. She passed away on the 8th of August. And uh, anyway, on Wednesday, we were going to all have breakfast over at Rebecca's. And um, he stayed overnight over at Rebecca's on Tuesday. So Wednesday, I got in my car and I went over. And Rebecca said, said, and I was going to take care of her on Thursday morning, and uh, she said, Mom, you're in worse shape than I am. She said, you can't do this, and uh, so uh, after I after breakfast, I I went and I picked up my co-op order at the, <laughs> at the place where we pick up orders, and, um, well, no, that was later in the day. I was I was not feeling well, so I decided that I would call the doctor. And so um, my doctor couldn't see me, but the uh, physician's assistant saw me. So I went in and 
at about three o'clock, and um, he we talked for about forty-five minutes, which was lengthy. And he said, "Wow, you've got a lot of stress going on in your life." And he said, uh, "Say, I want you to go next door uh, right after the appointment get get a chest X-ray, uh, which I did, and." Um, then I went and picked up my co-op order, was having a terrible time, and he'd given me uh, some prescriptions. I, I I, don't really like to take prescriptions, but I was feeling so bad that I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go. And So I, I stopped at the, at the Jewel, and I just, I was feeling so bad. I thought, gosh, I, I just hope I can make it back to, to the pharmacy area without falling over because I felt like I was going to just fall over any minute and I, I was just I got to make it out to the car and I got to drive home and I thought because I was going to go and visit somebody after after I got home I was going to grab something to eat and go visit somebody and when I got home my son had, was already here and he said mom you got to get to the ER immediately you, your lung collapsed uh, and he called an ambulance an ambulance arrived. They, I kind of, I don't remember too much. I, uh, they, they hauled me out on a gurney in the in the ambulance, and they immediately uh, put this this tube in my chest, which really hurt, and I could hear the air escaping, and I guess my entire right lung had collapsed, and it had a a big hole in it. And so uh, they took me to the hospital, and I was in the hospital for a week with a chest tube. And um, at that point, I was also experiencing severe diarrhea, and as I said, I weighed 101 pounds. Uh, (laughs) and, And now I weigh 120, so I'm doing really well. But before I even left the hospital... One of my dear friends uh, came over and got my iPad, and um, somebody had told me about breathing issues um, back in December of 2017, and about the Buteco method of breathing. So I I read about that and started doing breathing exercises when I got home, and um, and have. Uh, been doing that, and in conjunction with that, I learned about energy medicine, and I'm taking a two-year class uh, in energy medicine, and um, which uh, I'm. We have the the third class here at the end of September. It's four day, four day classes, three, uh, four times a year, and I'm learning a great deal. I do. Uh, I, I'm learning so much. I love it. I absolutely love it. I have a daily exercise program. I trace my meridians. I, I'm just learning so much. and I, I absolutely love what I'm doing. I love my life. I, I'm still, I still have some, some lung issues, uh, but they're getting better. Um, the mornings aren't great, but I, I'm I would say that I'm 75% improved over what I was at the beginning of the year. And um, 
I, I'm just doing a lot of very good things, uh, including protecting my my home in a better way. Um, and as I said, I just listened to the 5G uh, crises conference, and there are things that people need to do to protect themselves against against uh, radio EMFs, which are all around us. And um, so I'm doing that and and setting up safe places in my house. My bedroom's very safe. I don't have any electricity going there. I shut off my router every night. There's a, I could do a whole program on what to do to avoid being sick from from the cell phone usage and, and all the nonsense that is associated with EMFs. But that's another another well, program just, altogether. Let me just ask you, have you ever heard of a device called Q-Link? Uh, no, what is that? It's been around 27 years. Um, it is a, a, an electronic thing that allows your body to pass all those waves. And they've got a personal uh, one that you can wear, and they've got a whole bunch of them now. Back when I saw. Oh, Keylink. Okay, yes, I do. I have all kinds of devices. I have, um, I have all kinds of devices, but in energy medicine, there are certain things you can do to protect yourself against environmental things that are going on. Right. So it works hand in hand. Sure. But I well, I just know that's a that's a proven proven product, and the reason I know it, I used to work a little bit with Dr. Lynn Horowitz in his AIDS. Okay. And and when he was in the Atlanta area doing something, he'd ask me to come work helping with the booth, and they had a a natural health or alternative health seminar in downtown Atlanta one time, and the Q Link booth was right next to ours, and they had this little like a kinesiology test except it was the right. picture you could put your hand in this dark glove and they'd take a picture mm-hmm. of your aura before and after wearing that pendant and I'm right for, for two days all day long I saw them do that to people and it never not once didn't work and I, at the end of the show I bought one I've, I've lost it subsequently when I was in Argentina I'd like to get another one but that is a and you can't if you go to Q-Link and search it out now on the web there's a, a phone that's been introduced called Q-Link and I think to uh, to access it, there's a shop.qlink.com or something address, but don't get it confused with the cell phone that's out there that's stolen the name, but that thing works, okay? And they've got whole, right. whole house apparatuses and where you can do all that. I don't know about the pricing or anything else, but I was so curious about it that I went down when each company in one of those seminars has a 30 minute or an hour time to present their product more in depth and I was so mm-hmm. interested and I went down and sat through their presentation it's a very impressive product I know Rents has been promoting it for years too so anyway right. not, to, not to deter but yep. we do like to talk about remedies around here and that seems to me to be one of probably many approaches where you can get some of that out of your life Right. Well, I I uh, I do grounding, uh, which is also part of energy medicine, and part of energy medicine is working with your aura, working with your meridians, because we are electrical beings yep. 
who are living in an electrical society. Yep. Uh, but but um, Keylink, that, that's uh, Q, Q-Link? Yes, Q, as in, you know, this uh, guy, right. whoever's right. sending out all these mysterious messages of things that never happened, like him, except Link. It might be Q-Link. It might pop right. it up easier in, in a search engine. I'm not sure how they got it structured, but that product is. It's out there, and you can find it, and it's real good. I've been around. You don't hang around for 27 years and not have something going for you. Right. Well, that that is exactly what we do in energy medicine, but without the gadgets, because uh, we all have the capability of healing healing ourselves with the energy that is all around us. But I do have those gadgets, and I, you know, I yeah. I do. <laughs> well, it sounds like from the early part of your testimony there, your story, it was. It's like, yikes, you know, and it sounds like you've made a recovery and you're on the right path. And I can hear the the brightness and the optimism in your voice. And I know that the audience is, and all of us are real glad to hear it. And the fact that you deviate back to what you consider to be a primary duty uh, is, is um, you know, Deanna, we're happy to have you back, girl. Well, I... Um... <laughs> I, I, I have to obviously missed a couple of programs when I was in the hospital, and <laughs> as soon as I could, I was back on the air and doing my thing, and uh, I haven't stopped doing that because uh, because I, I I can't, I won't, I the message is is still stronger. Well, it's it's getting stronger. Uh, things are getting worse. Things are getting more interesting by the day. And um, it's uh, well, you it's, say you it's know a, worse, but in in many respects, from our point of view, things are getting better. I mean, this Jeffrey Epstein thing has exposed them. Oh, exposed. That, that, oh, yeah. On every front, see the financial. They're even having to go up and put czars in the State Department against anti-Semitism, and the awareness all over the world is is happening. Right. And it's scaring right. the woo-woo out of them. I think. Yes, and I don't believe that Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Sorry, but I think he's he's probably somewhere. I don't think he's dead. Could have spirited him off. Um, I think it's oh, more absolutely. interesting to know, to watch what's going on with Ghislaine Maxwell. And now oh, this, right. other, this other guy, Brene, his accomplice over there in France with the modeling agency, has mysteriously right. gone missing now. <laughs> so as I heard someone say, Giselle has a lot of connections in deep oceanography and she's in the deep diving submarine somewhere <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> well i i guess by getting worse I, I don't well they're still bad but all these things are happening and i i'm hopeful that people are asking questions um and really seeing the light maybe for the first time and Thanks to you and thanks to others who, who broadcast. I think it, I'm happy to be alive. I'm just I'm very happy to be on the earth at this time. Well, I think it's, our time it's, it's is good. coming, and the information that we've spent so many years acquiring and noodling over and 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 contemplating and coming to understand, our expertise that people are going to need 
to take advantage of all that that right. we put into this. And and you, there's not very many females in this movement that get up and beat the drum like you do, Deanna. Um, <laughs> I, that's just always the way I've been. I just, uh, I guess, I... I just feel an obligation, in spite of the scorn that I, and the attacks that I get on a frequent basis, that's their problem. Well, you know, if they, I told the yeah, audience, I said, it's, it's interesting to me to see how people get into the movement, you know, over the years. And many people came in through the tax door, or through, uh, you know, traffic tickets, or through divorce and child custody and all that kind of stuff. But I said, you're the only person I know that's gotten into this through the knitting industry. <laughs> Knitting? Yeah, um, yeah, through the yarn industry, you know. The, oh, your, it's a your, quilting. Textile. Yeah, there you go. Quilting. <laughs> the textile industry, yes. Um, I worked in the textile industry, and um, which is, uh, well, it, it's pretty much dominated by a certain ethnic group. And I thought, and because as a 14-year-old child, I'd, I was, oh, I, I believed in the Holocaust, and I... I was trying to teach myself Hebrew, and I, oh my gosh, I felt so, such sorrow, and and then I thought when, when I was when I was a little bit older, and I, I think it was before that. Uh, I think too that the abortion issue and all the other stuff. There were other things that that bothered me a great deal uh, before. I became aware of of the the Jewish question before I became aware of what is going on in that respect, and I totally believed in the Holocaust, as I said, and just felt such sorrow. And it's because of the of the five o five o one c three church that I belong to, um, and I started asking questions uh, in that regard and. And um, they're like it was like many churches, still is like many churches that are that are really um, well, they're cults actually. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I did belong to a cult. But that's another story altogether. But uh, after I was uh, uh, married and then got a divorce, and I was working in the textile industry, and I met all of these people who uh, who tried to cheat me and I thought not only were they trying to cheat me they were trying to seduce me sexually and I'm thinking gosh what kind of people are these these are the people that I've stood up for because they you know they were murdered and slaughtered and, and now I find out that <laughs> they're they're not a very nice group of people uh, because they'll try they'll cheat you um, out of out of everything that they possibly can. And um, although there there were uh, the, the person I worked for was uh, gave me an opportunity. I went from being a housewife to to being a salesperson, and um, it was I learned I learned from experience. Uh, but um, I had those questions early on, uh, particularly regarding abortion. I thought, what somebody would would kill their baby uh, because another story about about my daughter is that um, 
I was told by my doctor, I was very sick when I was pregnant uh, with my, my daughter, she's my second child. I was incredibly ill, and the doctor, so I spent most of the time in bed. Uh, the doctor said, um, you, said you, really, you really need to uh, consider aborting your child. And I said, no way am I going to abort my child. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No, absolutely not. Now, did he have That's a reason? Did, did he have any kind of a medical reason, or was that just a spontaneous suggestion from your medical doctor? No, it was a medical reason. Okay. Uh, because I was, I was uh, constantly going into. Uh, well, I I had to stay in bed. I was, my body was just not doing well. Right. And um, he said, you know, you you really need to consider that and I had the faith and I had the the I just refused to do it. Good for you. I just I just refused. I I felt that I could I I was gonna have her. I didn't know what she was was because uh, I would never consider doing an ultrasound or they didn't have ultrasounds. But anyway, I wouldn't I would not not do that. And so so I had Rebecca I uh, went into shock immediately after. I was so happy to have a little girl. I was, I was, she was my miracle. Both of my children were my miracle babies. And um, I, I love them both dearly with, with all my heart. And, um, and after I had Rebecca, I had to have a, a um, hysterectomy about nine months later. And uh, the, do- the doctor said, you know, you, you could have bled to death during the time that you were pregnant. And I said, well, I didn't. Now I've got this beautiful little girl. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I had her for many, many years. And I loved loved her. And I love her. She's she's just transitioned. She's, she's gone ahead. Uh, she was uh, a brilliant person. She still is. She's just... She always did everything ahead of time. She rolled over when she was three weeks old. Uh, by the time she was nine months old, she had decided that she she didn't like a wet diaper, and so she'd wake up dry. Uh, she was always ahead of schedule. I just never anticipated that she would be ahead of schedule and transitioning from this life to the next. But she she did what she needed to do. In this life, now, now she's graduated, and uh, I will see her again, and I will, and I, I've talked to her a lot since her transition, and um, she's still, she's she's just in another dimension. Well, you know, Deanna, all of us that know you and what you've done and who you are, uh, are with you in this time and I know that we'll probably get some people saying some prayers for you and and you it, it's difficult to deal with that situation I lost a wife a while back and uh, I understand totally and completely okay um, yes. but as my mother told me life is for the living okay and as you say she's gone on they've gone on we're the ones that have got to deal with this mess and, right and and our duty 
the way I see it, is to try and reach as many people who is are receptive to our message. And, uh, and I personally think that, uh, especially with what I've been trying to get across to folks, because it's very confusing the way they've set this up, and people have a lot of trouble with it, some folks do, and that the ones that gravitate here and that do grasp it, the only conclusion I've ever been able to come to that satisfies me, Deanna, is that we're the remnant, we're the true remnant, and uh, because we're the truth seekers. And God always leaves a remnant. And it's not, I heard it referred to just the other day on the show, somebody, and he couldn't get back and talk about it. But the the end of, everybody paraphrases it as the end of the world. And I'd remind all of us that don't think about this consciously that that's not an accurate translation and that it is the end of an age. And we're going into a new age. And uh, it's exciting for those of us who've been aware and had the chance to prepare. There's going to be great opportunities for ourselves personally and the fact that we'll be strong and able to reach the other people that, as the dust settles, are really wondering, you know, shaking their heads and wondering what the hell happened here, okay? That's, right. our, that's our time the way I see it, and it's coming. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And um, yeah, I, I'm happy to be here. I, I'm I, I'm a joyful person. I am. Some bad things have happened. Those are just things that are hap- that happened. Well, That's not who I am. You know, I, I've learned here in the last ten years, especially with two accidents. I had one while you were distracted the last couple of years I tried to step out a second floor window about a year and a half a little over a year ago and turned my foot in 45 degrees and uh, spent holy about a, yeah holy cow I spent about a year getting over that so that on top of the auto accident that I had down there in Argentina and what really has been hammered home to me is this little cliche that's thrown around cavalierly that says what doesn't kill you makes you stronger I totally believe that strength comes from the struggle. Absolutely, uh, that yes, that's a mantra. Strength comes from the struggle. I like that way of putting so it. So bring it on, bring it on. Um, we had a couple. I got Chris and Shane, two of my regulars here, that chimed in. Uh, Chris, I know, has been listening to you and familiar with you for a long time. I bet he's called into your show. Chris, you out there? You want to say anything to Deanna? Well, I'm just so thrilled that Deanna has come on to the People's Patriot Network with you and sharing her story as touching and heart-rent as it is. Uh, her story is unparalleled for many. Uh, you know, the medical emergencies she's gone with, the loss of her beloved child. Uh, we all just love Deanna. We don't always agree with everything she says, but we certainly respect her opinions and have the penultimate respect for her experiences in life, and thank you so much, Deanna, for sharing with us. Oh, you're welcome. And, and what opinion don't you don't you share with me? Let's let's have a little duke out here. <laughs> well, we have a little divergence on uh, some of the Sandy Hook stuff and oh, the that. Okay. Stuff, some of those things. You know, oh, okay. Not, well, you're and just I think we don't want to. 
Yeah, Roger always says we uh, part of the things they point out in the protocols they want to get us arguing, arguing over things of little consequence. So, in the big picture, I don't think those are really uh, critical things that we diverge on. No, and and there are people who who would have agreed with was who were on your side at one point, who have now switched. But that's okay. I you know I wrote the book uh, about Sandy Hook. I've I I looked at everything and I do my research. I am a, first first and foremost I'm a researcher. I don't accept consensus uh, beliefs. I do absolutely. Well, that's and that's part of why we respect you so much. That's the only way we can step forward in a positive path is to have the absolute truth and the facts to back it up. That makes right. them, that makes us invincible because everything they do is always based on fraud. They can't do Absolutely. it otherwise. If they could do it otherwise, they'd have done it. They can't do it that way, but right. most of all because they're chicken ship high in transits unless they've got everything in their corner. But they've got to come over and do it with fraud. And so you go, you do the research, you find out who and why, and in our case, you belligerently stand up to them and preempt any of their moves, and it sure seems to work. Now, I want to I want to uh, take this call right here, particularly Deanna, because this is one of our friends who's down there in South Florida, and I've been worried about him. Hey, Bob, how you doing? How you weathering the storm down there? Oh yeah. Well, it's actually been no no problem here. We're about 30 miles inland, 40, and uh, the coast's been getting a little, but it hasn't even been too bad there. But, boy, I just cannot conceive of what they're going through in the Bahamas. They have just been mercilessly pummeled. I mean, I've never seen a Cat 5 that sat still that long. In fact, that's the historical record. Nobody has. It's just. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't imagine. I really can't. I don't yeah. even want to imagine as what that know, would be like. As you know, Bob, I follow those things closely for a lot of reasons. And <laughs> right. that, that little rascal sitting there just hovering over the Bahamas, I mean, it, it, I'm sure, like you said, it is going to be tremendous devastation over there. Right. Well, you know what's fascinating to me is realizing that kind of energy is just on the doorstep looking to the east. I mean, I'm sitting here right now looking east in the sky, and it's overcast and cloudy, so there's really nothing to see. But yesterday it wasn't so much. There were just feeder bands coming around. And to just imagine the immense power encapsulated in that storm, it just blows your mind. I mean, you, you... I was I was describing it to my daughter. We were watching a, a, a sign whip in the wind, you know, 30 mile an hour, big deal. And I said, you take that square footage of that sign, you know, it's roughly two by two. It was a it was a uh, diamond shape, you know. So, but anyway, two by two square. That's four square feet. You can do the math. You can figure out how much force is being put on that sign. Now you take that times 20,000 square miles. <laughs> I mean, it just it just it, it boggles your mind. You might do the math, but you still can't grasp it. Nope. It's just immense, immense, immense. But well, goodness. I, you certainly yeah. have, you've been on my mind the last couple of days, especially as that thing was headed uh, west with a little bit of brisk. And uh, you guys in South Florida. Boy, it had us right in the sight. Ooh, man, did it. You guys, uh, you, 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 you skipped a bullet this time, brother. 
no doubt. Deanna, I like that. Uh, what was it? Uh, you don't accept consensus, and something just popped into my mind. I like little one-liners. I think I ought to put a T-shirt out. That says, "Consensus will make you senseless." Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that whole group thing, that Delphi technique. Well, everybody knows. I mean, it's the same idea. Everybody knows. Uh, no, I don't think so. But. Anyway, that just popped into my mind. I felt compelled to call and say it's really good to hear your voice again. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much, and, and stay safe. I, uh, As you were talking, I was thinking about, about uh, the weather warfare that uh, was conducted in Vietnam and how, how they decided in Congress to employ weather warfare as a policy. And so when I see these these storms and the, the their ability uh, to to harness energy in the way that they do is amazing. And of course, it goes back to uh, Tesla talked about uh, the harnessing of energy, the harnessing of of frequency and energy to to wage warfare against other people is probably the most horrific it's just evil beyond evil well what about vaccination lacing it with all that stuff i mean they're coming at us from every direction uh it's uh uh, it's repulsive my law teacher bob on his comment there that gary bryant and he people would say that well everybody says or everybody knows he said well if everybody went and jumped off a bridge would you go do it right (laughs) That's the old saying from mothers. Well, if all of them run off a cliff, would you follow them? Yep. Right. Join the lemmings. In fact, a lot of people would. <laughs> because yes. they wouldn't, there's no critical examination of the fact. Especially these days, the herd mentality is rampant. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. I brought this forward the other day, I believe, but for Deanna's benefit, I'll bring it up again. And it was this whole idea. There was this article talking about our friend Bernie Sanders, Mr. Uh. Socialist himself. And he's saying, you know, single payer, we've got to get to a single payer in health care. Uh. Right? I mean, that, this, this is Mecca. And then this is the guy that wants this to happen in every way. I mean, he's, he's talked about it for decades. But he's saying that this consolidation in the media is a terrible thing because there aren't enough voices and they're, they're shutting him out, and I'm saying, Bernie, don't you see the disconnect between your thinking? Why yes. is it a good thing in one case, but it's a terrible idea in the other? <laughs> I mean, oh, it just amazes me how people can hold two different, entirely different thoughts in the same mind and not even see the contradiction, you know. Right. That just fascinates me. Well, I anyway. saw the, the latest Mark Dice has a real healthy slice of Bernie campaigning in it you need to go watch it bob and this woman this young girl i mean you see there's pretty good many people listening to him down in south carolina of all places and you know the typical 18 19 year old girl going well can we ban meat because it's so bad against the environment and they go off on all that tangent uh it's how did we get this far off course 
we'll let these people control the education process for for a couple of generations and look what we got right well Amazing. you know I, uh, wasn't it that there was not that. there was not a department of education before jimmy carter if my memory serves That's me correct, Jimmy Carter instituted that agency. It came in under the Carter administration. You know, yes, that's let me correct. ask Deanna. Deanna, because the administrative state represents our bondage, really, when you start really concentrating on it. Right. It's very important to understand that. Do you know how many administrative agencies there are in D.C. now? Oh, Heaven only knows. I, I I don't know. Well, the last count, oh. and I'm sure it's grown, that I took about six months ago, I saw it in an article, and I was shocked, quite frankly, 323. I'm sure there's more than that now. Oh, my gosh. And when you look back in history, uh, they actually, they, quote, unquote, took over education in this country in the early 1900s. Uh, with uh, Carnegie and um, Rockefeller, yep. they they really went forward with with changing the education system at that point, and then it was federalized under Jimmy Carter. Right, and Horace Greeley was even before that in the 1800s. Right, the Western right. man guy uh, laid yes. a lot of the groundwork. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's so biblical. The deeper you get into this and study, you always take it back to biblical roots, and the truth's always there. And they've been telling us that for a couple of thousand years now, you know. And uh, it, it's it's unbelievable to me. You've got to come out of her. And the beautiful part is that we do have ways to do that that most people don't know. And that's my big deal is to let people know they got a choice. Whatever they want to do after that's up to them, and that's fine with me. But I, sure. I want them to know that they got a choice. Right. Yeah, people well, you know, always, the whole always thing have about a choice. The people undermining the education system or perverting it. I won't say undermining yeah. because to them, they're they're doing they're doing a good thing. But to me, it's a perversion, and that is, you know, like John Dewey. Uh, All right. Decimal system. Of course, I I learned about it when I was in grade school, and well, that's a great idea, right? And I was just absolutely shocked when I got older and realized that he was a socialist beyond all, and right. and uh, really had nothing good in store, you know, relative to the founding fathers' vision of the country, et cetera, and just blew me away. I mean, the Dewey Decimal System—that's a great idea, but but and you know the. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Anybody know the story behind that? Oh, I, I do. Mean, I've it, written a lot it about it. It didn't even exist. Uh, it didn't yes. even exist for the first hundred and what, 20, right. 20, 30, 40 years of the of the nation. But when it did come around, guess who's behind it? Some exactly. Some socialist. Exactly. <laughs> it's fascinating. And I don't it participate. so altruistic. I don't participate in that. I what you're What you're doing is you're pledging allegiance to the government. I, I don't... Really? I, I, I'm not going to do that. But that is Well, what you see, I blindly did that for decades. I, I did it because, you know, it's, it's God and apple pie. It's, it's, right. It's just, it's just, we were brought up that way in the government schools. Now, that's a right. shock, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I had no problem with it. Now, there's a kid in my class. I remember in first grade, kindergarten, there wasn't anybody there that didn't do it. And in first grade, there was a Jehovah's Witness that didn't. 
And I had no idea what was going on. I just knew he sat down and didn't do it. Good for him. And I always thought that was kind of weird, and I have no particular uh, uh, anything good to say about the JWs. However, that part, in retrospect, I, I have to agree with. And I have since decided that it's something I won't participate in. But, you know, I'll when we do the national anthem, I say we, you know, sporting event or something, I'll stand respectfully and I just stand there. I don't, I don't sit. I don't, I don't put my hand over my heart. I don't sing. I just stand up and try not to, uh, you know. Oh, come but, on. But note, Bob, you, note beller, how they... you beller out Lee Greenwood a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have done that in derision, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That song just really gets to me after the last 10 years, you know. Yes, I know. It, it seemed like such a good song, but I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. It just makes me want to. Oh, my gosh. You know, this, this, little, oh. this little catch in my throat like oh something's starting to gosh. come back up. And I mean, there's tens of thousands yeah. of people standing up and singing that, and they're all sitting there being slaves. It's a, woo, it's a mind bender, brother. That old, what, what's the, who's the quote? I've heard, I've heard the. Uh, Brent come come up with it a time or two and and I've read it but I can't think who it is talking about they they rattle their fetters in proclaiming their freedom oh, you know right. what is what is that quote I can't come I, up with it. I, I don't know how it's it a right. good one I don't have it we can ask him about it on Friday though yeah Deanna anyway, have you heard I'm going to be there for a little buddy? bit. Have you heard our buddy Brent Winters? Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Oh, Deanna, I'm going to do you such a big favor. CommonLawyer.com. Okay. He's on every Friday. We've been doing Friday shows for about five years now or more. This guy's a national treasure. Okay. I mean, okay. He, he's an attorney. He's written his own Bible with all these references. He's re super prolific. He speaks, you know, and translates from Greek and Hebrew and uh, just an absolute send from from the big guy. Okay. Wow. And we're tickled to death to have him, and I really would uh, suggest you follow up and go listen to some of the stuff on his website or listen to one of the Friday shows. Uh, he okay. is just a joy to do programs with Brent Winters. He's such a fine, fine guy. So uh, anyway. You know, the word the word that comes to mind for him, Roger, is homespun. Boy, I but guess. But don't let homespun equate to hillbilly or lack of education. That guy is. Spot on. He's something, dude. Anyway, he really I'm going to is. mute out. I'll be listening. Okay, thanks. I'm glad you're all right down there. You've really been on my mind, and uh, seems like all the guys in South Florida pretty well got off unscathed. Um, I don't know too many that live over there on the beach, <laughs> but anyway, I hope as many people uh, don't get disrupted as possible. It looks like that storm is going to go right up the east coast, though, so we're going to be dealing with it in the lower part of the country, the southeast 
for the rest of this week, uh, people all up and down the coast are going to get damage from it. So uh, anyway, good news is not hitting land because my our town got hit last year in that one Michael, uh, Deanna, and oh. our family home, even as, as structurally secure as it is, had uh, over $100,000 damage and still not straightened out a year later almost. So those things. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord, I hate. That's one of the reasons I left Florida. I hate them things so much. Uh, so anyway, uh, what have you, have you uh, uh, stumbled in anything on our, our ethnic friends? I mean, I know you've been keeping your finger on their pulse and uh, as you're prone to do over the last time we haven't spoken. Well, let's see. What have I been? I heard um, some real glee. I, sent, I heard a real brightness in your voice when I mentioned Mr. Epstein's name. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Um, I've done some programs on on that particular, well, on that subject, exactly. And uh, have done programs about with mothers who have lost children, who have been trafficked. And um, what what a what a piece of garbage that what what there is no greater sin I think than to to damage a child in the way that he did. He did. How about they do? They uh, because there's there there. So I read somewhere where somebody said that we're that. America is a nation of pedophiles, and when you look at Hollywood, and when you look at at the damage that has been done to to young children, who's uh, who have been damaged by directors, producers, and, and etc., what kind of parents would t- allow their children to go to Hollywood to become a child actress, actor? Uh, it's, I don't know. Um, you want you want some of the history behind Mr. Epstein? It's a very interesting article. I think I picked it up the other night on Mike Rivera's site. I just got around to reading it last night. Um, Zwi Z W I Migdal M I G D A L Zwi Migdal. Ever heard of it, Deanna? No. Jeffrey Epstein's heritage, Zwei Migdal, a Jewish global crime syndicate trafficking Jewish women as slaves. I'd never heard of this. And it's even more poignant because it really centers in Argentina. All right. Zoe Migdal was a Jewish organized crime group founded in Poland and based mainly in Argentina that trafficked in Jewish women from Central Europe for sexual slavery and forced prostitution. I'll read a little bit of it here. It goes down, and the majority of the article is from the 2009 the International Jewish Coalition Against Sexual Abuse and Assault published a comprehensive article about Zwei Migdal 
titled Understanding the Zwei Migdal Society, from which I am about to quote extensively. And the rest of the article is that. But let me just touch on the first part of it here, the setup, if you will. The story of Jeffrey Epstein has lost its mystery as more and more commentators allow themselves to express the thought that there is a strong possibility that Epstein was connected to a, ooh, a crime syndicate. It is. It's called the Mossad with a Zionist right. political organization or the Israel and or at least a few, a few, like the old oat, like the old donkey used to say, a few compromised intelligence agencies. What Whitney Webb and others have produced a superb study of possible scenarios. I would like instead to tackle the fact of the cultural perspective. It wasn't the first time as a Jewish sex trafficker. During the first decade of the 20th century, Argentina was a rich country. It outgrew Canada and Australia in population, gross, and per capita income. Just before World War I, Argentina was the world's 10th wealthiest state in terms of per capita. When Argentina was a rich country, large parts of its economy, culture, and politics were controlled by crime syndicates, particularly this outfit. And it goes into a lot of history here, and it's extremely interesting to me. And the one thing that is really sticks out, and I kind of heard you grasp when I read it in the title, Deanna, is they did this to Jews. Um, well, that that's not really the first time that they have uh, conducted terrorism against their own people in order to gain, well, to, in the case that I'm going to talk about, it was to gain sympathy for for the Jewish people so that they could emigrate, emigrate from the countries that they were in. Uh, they would uh, do pogroms. And then blame blame the the local uh, people for it, uh, but they're the ones that uh, terrorize their own people in oh, yeah. order to gain sympathy. Yeah, Zion, uh, Israel was built with a lot of that, um, right? And there's twenty something like twenty thousand Jews in Iran, uh, and they don't want to go to Israel. Um, no, this uh, this happened back around the turn of last century. I'm going to put the link up at the end of today's show description when I post today's program on Castbox okay. uh, because I don't want to go into reading it, but I'm telling you it's worth reading. And what happened to him here is one of the gals, after five years, saved up enough money somehow to be able to start her own little business. She had two sons by that time, and she went and found one local judge or prosecutor that was against this society. The, otherwise, they had the entire political establishment in their pocket down there. And then he found a judge that uh, was sympathetic and was against these people and what they were doing and ended up putting a hundred, over 100, 108 of them, I think, in prison. And then they pulled their political strings and got all but three of them out. It's a heck of a story. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, I had no idea, okay, that it went back. You can probably stick that in a search engine, it, it, listener, if you want to look at it. Uh, it I think it's, it'd be interesting to see what it pop up. Up, actually, Zwi Z W I second word Migdal M I G D A 
L. I sent you the link on that. Deanna, I think you'll find it most interesting and give us a little more topical background and history should Mr. Epstein come up in conversation. Wow. Amazing. Um, Somebody's done a, a video of that gal, and they've got a little snippet, a trailer of the film in, buried in the article down there. I watched it's not very long, but it shows some old pictures, and they wouldn't let them. Uh, the, all of the hookers and the and the uh, and the pimps, they first of all they started excommunicating them from the synagogues, and then they wouldn't let them get buried in the Jewish cemetery. So they went over and started their own cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the uh, all the the uh, pimps went over and started their own synagogue. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> I had no idea all that down there. I never. Oh heard my of gosh! Before. So pretty interesting stuff. A lot of you know what do they say? In the end days, everything will be known. Right. The other thing that you said uh, that I find interesting was. That that Argentina was once very wealthy and I do believe that each area of the earth has has resources every country has resources and uh, can support itself but then you have these uh, these people that go in and want to steal to co-opt and and take take those resources and use all kinds of re well warfare we've seen that of course well, in the middle east and 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 everywhere let me uh, tell you something very interesting about argentina because i lived there for nine years as you know argentina the mineral rights do not run with the land the government owns all the resources wow that's why they want what? their hands on the country so bad and, oh. uh, and, of course, if you go back and look in Theodore Herzl's original uh, right. book on Zionism, he said there's only two spaces, places on the earth that's suitable for us, Israel or Patagonia. And they've got a heck of a foothold down there now. They got a Jew guy that used to be one of uh, Soros's pals when they were bankrupting countries years ago. Broke uh -huh. the Bank of England and all that, participated in that, and he has set up virtually a colony down there south of south of Bariloche where he is in total control of all of the electricity, the water, the local governments, and they've even built their own airport which has no customs or Argentine authorities at it. Oh my gosh. That the runway is longer than the runway at the secondary airport in downtown Buenos Aires that used to be the main airport. It's called Aeroporte. The runway's longer than the runway at Aeroporte. Down there, a desolate airport all their own. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of reports of civilians, Israeli civilians coming down there in mass and looking like they're out doing surveying and this, that, and the other. Uh, they also like particularly the southern part of Chile. And there's a lot of horror stories that have come out of there with Israeli tourists that are like IDF or something in civilian clothes. Right. And they come and check into the hotel and they go next door and steal all the chickens and cook them. Stuff like that. I mean, there's some really strange stories coming out of Patagonia concerning these people and their presence down there. My gosh. 
my gosh. <laughs> it just takes it takes your breath away, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It really does. I I'm looking at the pic the whole the whole picture and it just it, it just is it boggles your mind. It really does. That all these things could be going on, could be happening and it, it is just mind-boggling. They, the, the way that they are such slime. The more yes. I learn about them, the slimier they get. Indeed. Oh my gosh! So, did well, you have anything else particularly on your mind? I wanted to bring that Zwei McDowell article up uh, during the conversation today because I figured, like me, nobody had ever heard of it before. And, like I said, just cast a little more uh, insight. Um, let me ask you here's another real good resource. I think if you're not familiar with them, you're, you'll probably really like once they get up on the air. They may be back up on the air today. Is Rick Wiles True News? Are you familiar with them, Deanna? Uh, true news. I, oh yes, but I, I knew about that from another source. True news. He's been nope. around for a while, but he's got a heck of an operation down there, and I'm telling you, they've taken the gloves off. Okay, uh, they that the time. day of Epstein's death, they had a crew out and did a reconnaissance mission on the Zorro Ranch. And they've been doing their own private investigation. They had a segment on the other night because they traced back. There was a million and a half dollar RV and another expensive vehicle, plus another vehicle connected to the ranch that were there. There was nobody there, but they got the tag numbers and started doing their own investigation. And they're ruffling a lot of feathers. And they had a New Mexico sheriff on there the other night for about 30 minutes. And who's a, a very a, a Christian, very godly, and they you, New Mexico has one of the six states in the union that can do force a grand jury with a referendum, and so wow. they're trying to drum up a referendum out there to make them look at this stuff, and uh, basically kind of force the FBI into doing something because they ain't done nothing with this Zorro ever. Ranch. Well, right. all they've ever done is cover up. And you, right. you understand that the Department of Justice and the Treasury were both taken over by the International Monetary Fund during the right. bankruptcy. So that's why the FBI has been compromised along with justice, and Trump's been able to get so little done when he was trying to get something done. So uh, let's see here. One of my, uh, okay, hello, we'll accept you. All right. So, uh, what else? Any anything else on your mind you'd like to discuss, Deanna? If anybody's got a question for Deanna, or you'd like to call in and just say hey and hug her, uh, you're welcome to do that. And the number, if you call, is 404-448-1420. Uh, or you can go to Skype and go to the search bar and put in PPN space hotline and we'll connect with you like I did this gentleman that just did that and you can call us on the silk screen this is let me in boy it's pretty demanding here well I got <laughs> I, uh, I think you need to okay here you're gonna call in I, he took the prompt hello live I didn't get your name I got a bunch of stuff up here as your handle how you doing 
Uh-oh, you might have mic problems. Hello? There you go. There we got you now. All right. New uh, setup. Um, is Deanna still on the, on the line? Deanna, I am. Deanna's right here. Who are we talking yeah, to? Yeah, I have three. My name is Shane. Oh, Shane. You're, you see, you sound so Yeah. Different. Well, you sound so different from over the phone. You, see, this is the difference oh, for wow. the audience and when you, you go the Skype route. I mean, it just makes all the difference in the world in the fidelity. Okay, Shane, good to have you there. Did you have a question or a comment for Deanna? Yeah. This is one of our old-time yeah, listeners Deanna. here, our regulars, Deanna. Good. Uh, Deanna, I have a question. Um, <clears throat> have you uh, – well, three questions, actually – one is, um, have you traveled outside of the United States? Oh, absolutely, yes. Well, I mean, recently, I mean, you had to get a new passport, um, stuff like that. The last time that I left the country was in 2007 when I went to China. Okay. Um, have you um, done some research in regards to what uh, Roger... Sales is doing right here, right now. Shane, I've been on her program a couple of years ago promoting the book. Yeah. And dare I say also, Deanna, that you also did a show with my teachers, John and Glenn, at least one of them, on the tax mm -hmm. issue. Maybe more. Right. So Deanna's real familiar right. with our work. I don't know. Some people get it and some people don't. I, you know, it becomes easier as we go forward for us to explain it. But, you know, you can get out all this mess if you want. And they can't say a word about it. They won't. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, did you have a third and question? You have a third one, Shane? third question is, um, would you like to... Uh, spread this message or no nah, actually uh, would you like a um a spot on uh roger sales uh um radio ranch on uh <clears throat> on now shane i'm not sure if that's a question to ask deanna I mean, we. Uh, you know, All right, we, I'm we, sorry. I'm sorry. We love Deanna, and we asked. I invited her a couple of years ago in the network, and you were just getting into your uh, in time of all your stress and stuff. And uh, sounds like you're coming out of it, but maybe we'll entertain that down the road. That'll be totally up to Deanna. She's right. always welcome here <clears throat> if she wants to come put her hat over here on our peg. Thank you, Deanna. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, Shane, Thank you. You, sound, you sound about a thousand percent better. I hope Chris is listening. Um, <laughs> so, uh, where else would you hey, like Deanna? to go? Oh, there's Bob again. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Just, yes, ma'am. Hey, if this isn't telling old dirt, um, I didn't hear the first part of the program. Would it be possible to give a short uh, rendition of your coming of age, so to speak, in this understand. I, I know it had something to do with fabric and yarn and et cetera, but I've, I've never heard the whole story completely. Uh, well, af <clears throat> after my divorce, uh, actually before my divorce, I decided, because my husband was um, my first husband, <laughs> but he, he kind of had some employment problems, so I decided that I would get a job, and I had, I've always been very entrepreneurial since I was a child. Uh, when I was 12, I was 
going around passing out um, handouts that I would babysit. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always done my own thing. Always worked for myself. Uh, I've always done a lot of artistic things. And um, so I had this little business. I was uh, importing laces and trims from uh, from England. And and so I I approached somebody that, um, that I had actually purchased from, uh, a company that I had actually purchased product from. And I also, I was making dolls. I was doing, I have done a number of, of very artistic things. Um, anyway, um, I said, I would like to represent you. <laughs> and um, he, he was kind of, he said, well, okay. And so I became a fabric rep and um, was doing very well. I was doing really well and making this company quite a lot of money. Uh, I got a contractor. I went up and uh, there was a company up in Madison, Wisconsin by the name of American Girl Doll and they just had this little tiny office in the in downtown Madison. And I went up and I showed them how to do heirloom sewing. I dragged my sewing machine up there and I designed one of the American Girl doll clothes and and hooked them up with with uh, the people in Switzerland uh, through this company that I repped. And um, the American Girl doll went on to, to own um, a factory or a warehouse as big as a football field. And so I made some very, very nice contacts um, initially, and I, then I began to, well, I, as long as I was out there traveling around, I might as well try and rep some other com- uh, companies. So I repped uh, Speckler Vogel out of New York, uh, Roth Imports, uh, Bla- uh, Black & Sons, just a, a lot of people uh, that I repped, and most of them were of a certain ethnic background because they do dominate uh, the industry uh, of the textile industry and um, so I came in contact with a lot of people who were either trying to cheat me on my commissions or uh, seduce me seduce me um, physically so it I thought wow these people aren't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, I still believed in the Holocaust. And um, when I was in college, I wrote some some stories about the Holocaust, and and uh, about about one was published actually in the in the college uh, book. And so anyway, I had a lot of misconceptions. And but I was always when I learned something new. Uh, regarding Holocaust, regarding Germany, regarding anything uh, relative to history, uh, then I, I readily admitted that, wow, was I wrong about that? Yeah, really. and, <laughs> and, and on some of, the, some of my websites, it's, after you publish an article, uh, you might as well throw it into a wind. It's like throwing a feather into a windstorm. Once you publish an article and it gets uh, published on numerous, numerous other websites, you can't you can't backtrack and say, oh, so so I put a I put a little 
top, at the top of many of my articles that I now have different opinions about that I have a different opinion and hey I was wrong 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 and um, I've always loved history which is why I wrote my trilogy uh, wherein I cover history from prior to the so-called Civil War uh, up through World War Two. You know, one of our listeners, Daryl, renamed it very aptly, The War to Bring in the Civil Law. Oh, that that's absolutely true. It was it was to federalize the entire country. It was to centralize the government in Washington. That's that's all well, all it was. And, no, and there no, was no, there was a little more. Uh, there was another there, aspect. Oh, 14th Amendment was so they could oh, control the, the world with it 100 years later. I oh, firmly absolutely. believe they knew that back in the 1850s. Oh, they did. They, before that, before that. Uh, and uh, a lot of people think, oh, Andrew Jackson was such a wonderful person. No, he wasn't, which I've written a lot about him in my in my first book. Uh, but it was it was a war of aggression. It was a war against against states' rights. It was a war against. It was a total war. Yep, it sure it was. was uh, um, they went after everybody. I've uh, gone back historically dogs. and tried to pinpoint when this really got started. Of course, 1776 May one is uh, one of the real important oh, days. Right. But when you get right. a little further than that in history. 1827, I got real curious about Reformed Judaism. And I went back and started reading about it and studying up on it. And the Rothschilds formed Reformed Judaism in 1827. And I think that was the beachhead that they were going to use. Past that, mm-hmm. as you go forward, the Second Bank of the United States and right. all that that happened. But as you get a little bit further along, you see them bring Schofield into the picture. They were right. nurturing right. Schofield oh, absolutely. back in those days to set up dispensationalism because even right. as I heard a, a Jewish guy comment on recently, the, the, the Christian Zionist support for Trump is bigger than the Jewish support. Wow. Okay. So uh, all this, man, these guys are sneaky and they're smart and they got the greatest consultant down there below them. All they got to do is, you know, sacrifice a child or two and get a little more information and insight on how to enslave us a hundred years down the line. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal to me to get to my age and realize for the first time concretely in my mind that I know now why why this war against the states, war of northern aggression, war to bring in the civil law, whatever moniker you want to put on it, of why that happened. And I've come to the conclusion that it was to get that 14th Amendment in place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you mm-hmm. know that they, on the 13th, and it's very interesting, on the 13th Amendment, they let the southern legislators back in to vote on it. And that was in June. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then let me hit my cough button for a second here. Speaking of coughing. And then they passed the 14th six months later, and they wouldn't let them in to pass the 14th. 
Wow. And rammed it down their throat. Now, if you look at those two together, side by side now, the new 13th and the 14th, you'll see both of the systems. And mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody look at it like this because people don't really understand what's happened and what we're dealing with, the feudal system and all that. But if you look at the 13th, it says involuntary servitude is outlawed in the states unless a person has been duly convicted of a crime or anything to their jurisdictions. At the last of it, it's plural, their jurisdictions. That's the old original system. And if you'll notice, what they did was leave out voluntary servitude by omission. So voluntary servitude is legal because it isn't made illegal. Now, in the 14th Amendment, the next one, it reads, all persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma, and subject to its jurisdiction. First of all, there's your singular its jurisdiction Mm -hmm. or the jurisdiction thereof is the way it's Mm -hmm. worded but now i'm going to fall back on my old buddy aladask here and thank him for this profusely even though it took me 10 years to realize all right all persons born or naturalized in the united states comma it does not say are subject to the jurisdiction thereof it says and subject and if there's wow. some that and are and subject, there's some that are and not subject. And it's right wow. there in the words, but people don't mince them enough or understand well, those connections. So there's your two governments. There's the previous one of the states, and then there's the new one with the federalized component, but they tie them together with the last word of the first phrase, which is mm-hmm. resident. And that's why they ask you if you're a resident of a state, because if you're a resident of a state and you say yes, you're tied into the 14th Amendment because you reside. Right. Oh, they're slick. This thing is set up so slick. I still marvel at it. 27 years I've been studying it intently. Wow. Well, it is amazing that people are are so busy that they really don't remember what they heard on the news the week before. They just buy into what they hear or don't hear because... The news is really not the news at all. It's just uh, it's the propaganda. It's it's programming. Yep, that's why they want you. It's just like um, on that stuff I sent you right before the show. Deanna was not familiar with this Goldberg story yet, and so I popped her the links. I know you haven't had time to look at those, but you can kind of get the grasp of the story. Oh, I did. I I brought all I brought that link up, and I sent you several links. Uh, also, yes, I haven't had a chance to look at everything yet, but uh, that's another developing story, and uh, it it gets to be amazing how in depth these people have weaselled their way into the key systems of our lives, so undetected for so long, still by some large percentage of the population still doesn't know this information or have this awareness. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, give the devil his due, I think is the old cliche, Deanna. Right, right. Wow. 
it's overwhelming. I'm, I, I mean, I'm just so glad to be out of her and down here, and it's taken me a while to get here, but uh, at least now I can take this information and beam it back into the country and around the world so more and more people uh, at least get their sanity back a little bit because they can understand what the hell's happening to them. Right. Um, it, it's, but there's so few people that really, really understand this. And uh, I'm reading a book. People, people want to be, uh, they don't want to be educated. They want to be amused. Yes. And um, which is or a very unfortunate. Or entertained. 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 That. Amused is just another word for entertainment, right? Um, and getting, uh, we talked a little bit about Trump. And uh, after the election, I wrote this article uh, called We've Been Trumped. And I uh, wrote it on November 19th of 2016. And he really just uh, went along with, with the same program, the same PNAC policies that were in place before uh, and just told, and, and the people that he brought in, as the as the chair, the finance uh, vice chairs that he brought in, uh, the finance co-chair people. Uh, if you read that, read that list, and if you if you just um, uh, spingola.com/trumped.html. Uh, the bottom at the bottom it says finance vice chairs Sheldon Adelson. Dr. Miriam Adelson, Brian Ballard, Gentry Beach, Elliot Broidy, Robert Grand, Diane Hendricks, Tommy Hicks. It, it, it just goes on and on. And uh, somebody said, uh, let me just run down here. Um, I don't remember what they said. Uh, I've, I've been reading all these articles that I've been, that you referred me to. And, uh, but, Louis M. Eisenberg was the chairman of the Board of Commissioners for the Port Authority, and um, he was involved in the Trump administration, and he held the, the senior leadership positions with the United Jewish Appeal. He was a billion-dollar Zionist charity, which is a, a billion-dollar Zionist charity organization. Um, it, it just I, I have all of these uh, all of these citations. Uh, about these people that he retained, that he brought into his administration, it's almost as if he was trying to recreate the the Bush administration well, I can tell all you over what, again. He, he he did a he he sounded good on the campaign trail and said a lot of good things, and then he's let these people well, of course either, either voluntarily or by pressure let them get. All of these key positions filled filled with these neocon creeps, and it's absolutely repulsive, and that in itself makes me sick. And then this Goldstein information comes along that whether it's true or not, we don't know, that two years ago he secretly converted. Right. Let's talk about that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> that, I mean, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense, really, but God, it's just the thought of it just gives me cold chills. Um, okay, let's see. I, um, the White House admits that he did, in fact, convert. 
Um, and there's an article um, from the White House. Donald Trump converted to Judaism two years ago, according to White House official. Uh, President Donald Trump converted to Judaism two years ago and joined the Shabbat Lubavitch Synagogue in New York City, according to a high-level White House official. The story was allegedly been has allegedly been held by CNN's editors for months, but is due to be released within the next few days. David Ellis Elias Goldberg, a fellow at the Jewish Center of Anti-Semitic uh, Study has also interviewed the White House source. According to the source, Trump was pushed by his daughter Ivanka and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, to join the faith. At first, Trump resisted, stating it could threaten his base of evangelical Christian voters. However, he had a change of heart and officially converted in early 2017. The ceremony was held in private and closely guarded for nearly two years. It appears the White House is prepared to slowly release this information, and by summer, it is expected Trump will fully address his new faith in an evening televised news conference. And uh, so, uh, it's it's official. Um, and of course, we saw that uh, that he has been at the Wailing Wall uh, with a with the Jewish skull cap on his head, uh, and. In, in addition to this, I, I also wrote about uh, Bush uh, when he was president that he studied the Talmud every day. And I, I did this in an article called A Free Press, A Free Pass. He studied the Talmud every day and uh, practiced the hand signs and did all of the stuff. And, and uh, he had a... Um, a, uh, uh, they, the, the kitchen was uh, was set aside as uh, what, what do they call that? Um, um, the White House kosher. The yes, uh, the um, okay. Uh, the reversal did not alter the warm and fuzzy friendship that probably precipitated the special event in Washington on December sixth, two thousand five. When the White House kitchen became kosher, there's nothing wrong with eating kosher. Only the most divide, devoted of the faith abide by this ancient practice. And so he made the kitchen kosher. Well, he let that guy, there was a, the kosher, ah, good, Daryl's going to join us here. That little noise is when either Windows oh. does something or we have somebody join us, Deanna. Right. And so Daryl's here, and I want to welcome him. Let me get this out first, Daryl. Uh, there was a story six or eight months ago, maybe a little less, about him releasing the the head of the kosher mafia empire that was in jail. Did you see that, Dan? I wish I could remember all the details. But it was a guy that overrides the whole kosher slaughtering of animals that's kind of a mafia guy. Uh. So no, I, Trump. Well, Trump let him out of jail. He was sitting in jail. Uh, hey, Daryl, how you doing, brother? Well, I'm I'm doing well and uh, thoroughly enjoying uh, listening to Miss Diana Spangola. Thank you very much for uh, coming on today, Diana. It's been a real pleasure. It's nice to hear a it's, a woman's voice 
elaborate on so much important stuff. You know? let me, Thank let me you. make one small correction. It's Deanna. <laughs> Deanna, Daryl, with an I. Deanna. Well, of an I. I. Yeah. I, I, uh, I stand corrected, and thank you. Thank you well, very much. Well, uh, you're very welcome. So uh, I, uh, I appreciated listening to your story about the, uh, your uh, introduction to the tribe and their uh, proclivities. And uh, I'm very interested in what you were talking about with the uh, conversion of Donald Trump. I dare say that I don't think it took much of a conversion. <laughs> I think... Well, anybody I, that could, could do business in Manhattan had to have a very close association uh, with yeah, the tribe. Well, okay. I, I think, I think, Mr., I think uh, Mr. Cohen, Cohen, Mr. Cohen probably uh, did a pretty good job of conditioning an early Donald, a young Donald uh, Trump. Uh, uh, but I, I see nothing inconsistent with Mr. Uh, Mr. Trump uh, adopting uh, the benefits of uh, Judaism. I, I see nothing contradictory in his uh, nature or character. Uh, I, I see that as being a pretty honest, uh, consistent uh, expression of his values. Uh, personally, I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, I I watched on YouTube uh, uh, here last year where he was. I think it was, no, actually, I think it was on True News, uh, Deanna, and uh, he was being interviewed uh, by uh, some media personality of some prominence, and was asked, uh, "Well, uh, uh, when you." When you became a Christian, and uh, did did you ask for repentance and forgiveness? And, and he kind of sat there for a moment, sort of uncomfortably, with a sort of a quizzical look on his face, and and then makes the very uh, uh, telling comment that, uh, as to his knowledge, I'm I'm sort of paraphrasing here. I forgive me. He paraphrases by saying, "Well." After reflecting on the question, had he repented, he goes, I'm not aware of anything that I need to repent for uh-huh. in being a Christian. <laughs> and, and and so this is why uh, I earlier said I, I don't see anything inconsistent with him officially adopting Judaism, because, see, they see no need or desire uh, to repent. They have ascended to apotheosis where they become gods. And uh, uh, I, I don't see anything inconsistent with that mentality with him. I, I, I think that he uh, believes himself to be of uh, uh, some sort of demigod. And, um, and so woe be it to those who would blindly follow along. He, he is more dangerous than Hillary in regards to being able to affect uh, an agenda and and bringing in the Noahide laws. Totally so agree, Daryl. I'll, I'll pause. Totally agree that he's more I dangerous than Hillary. Yeah. If Hillary had gotten in there, everybody'd be up on arms. And now they think Trump's the savior, yeah. and it's unfortunate. Uh, and you can tell what what did Jesus say by their fruits? Well, when you're giving he's away smart. land that you don't own, 
uh, to other people that that don't own it, uh, I'd say that those are pretty rotten fruits, especially when they go back well, and name a town after you, Trumpville or whatever is the name of or, it. The, or a coin. Jeez. Uh, a coin, the, the the Cyrus the Cyrus Trumpster coin. Deanna, I had a I I mean I sort of have a rhetorical question here, but it's generally a real question. Uh, having said that, uh, is it possible that the American character, personality, uh, spirit, intellect, uh, whatever you want to call it? Is it capable of being immune and resisting the same forces that sponsored the French Civil War, the uh, the the, the, the French Revolutionary uh, War, the Jacobeans? Uh, it, are Americans capable of resisting? Do they have an immune system that can resist the Bolshevik Revolution? Uh, even that, can they even resist what happened to the English when they were taken over during uh, uh, Cromwell and, and, the, and the murder of King James? See, this this revolutionary process, as you said, you like history. Well, history shows their M.O. and, uh, and all these other previous nations. Can Americans w resist that? Well, the, the problem I see is that uh, when you look at the American military, uh, they, have been, they have spent their energy and their, their dedication to fighting what they view as enemies. They have been programmed to, to view the wrong people as enemies. And if you look at the number of suicides among the military, and the way that they have been used and abused, um, it, it's a pretty sad situation because because they have been used in the wrong way. I don't know. I I, I think it would take a real um, um, a real change of I don't know. Well, I really I, you can't know, say. Me, I tell yeah. you what I feel like, Daryl, is that they'd have a lot more resistance in our country now than they had in those other situations you mentioned. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like Solzhenitsyn said, what, w what would have happened if somebody would have just resisted? Right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Solzhenitsyn, what, a, what an amazingly wonderful man. He, reads, he writes this book called 200 Years With right. Them. Right. See, uh, he, he can't even say who them is. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, the 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 leading the leading so-called uh, professor, so-called leading intellectuals and outspoken thinkers of today, uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, blah blah blah, uh, the Canadian, uh, he can't even talk about it. Uh, if you don't know uh, your and, if you don't recognize your enemy, how are you going to go against them? Well, you know, we've got, we can turn that stuff because everything's dialectic. And you remember what right. happened last weekend, Deanna? Not this past, but the weekend before when they sent those drones out of Iraq into Beirut oh, right. and into right. Damascus. And Netanyahu tweeted about it. And he tweeted right. from the Talmud. 
And the verse he tweeted was, if someone comes to kill you, kill them first. Can we use that? How about if somebody comes to enslave you, enslave them first? Well, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Roger. Yeah, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to play by their rules, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to play by their rules. And uh, I, I think that's consistent. I think that's very consistent with uh, the people that listen to this, uh, this program, Deanna, and participate and contribute, uh, is that they, I was listening to you earlier, I, I appreciate your rebel spirit, and uh, I agree with not going along with the herd. I'm a contrarian. Uh, it's, it's irritated a lot of people my whole life. I've become rather good at it. Uh, and I, I ask people all the time, this is a question I ask them, when was the last time the majority were right about anything? Please tell me. I, I mean, I put it on them. When was the last time the majority was right about anything? And, and so uh, majority thinking is a very dangerous, uh, that's just another way of saying democracy, you know? Uh, Deanna, very dangerous. Daryl is an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you've heard of, De Deanna, are you, are you familiar with the, the term, uh, they, it was used in the movies a lot, uh, MIB, uh, Men in Black? You know, MIB, uh -huh. the Men in Black. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I have a, I have a different. I want to, I want to assign a different meaning to that acronym. Uh, you know, because of YouTube and all the censorship and the algorithms. You know, so uh, I refer to the a MIBs as the Men in Beanies. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, I, I, I particularly like to have fun with them. If I can, if I can use a little humor and ridicule them, uh, I, I find, I find, uh, uh it's good to make people laugh. It and, is. Uh, and, and, uh, if I can throw in a little ridicule, well-deserved ridicule, uh, well, I mean, this is not inconsistent with, uh, uh, the gospel and the scripture and what Jesus was interacting with them. He, he on, on numerous occasions, ridiculed them. Well, of course, uh, being wanted to be worshipped and pious, they, they didn't appreciate being ridiculed. They don't, they don't have a sense of humor uh, when it applies to them. They, so, don't, they still don't like it too uh, much today. No. <laughs> no, they don't. And uh, so uh, I, I appreciate, uh, I, I've listened to you for years, Deanna, and uh, really uh, it's so great to hear you on here. And uh, Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Deanna, I so, think your voice uh, has gotten, I think your voice has gotten stronger as the program's gone along, actually. I think it has. And I have not coughed once. And um, yeah. a year, when I was right before well recently i would have to mute the mute the press the mute button and cough and cough up garbage i haven't coughed at all so well, i am getting better fantastic. energy medicine works yes it, really it does. does now we've got several listeners that are involved in it and of course you know you may or may not remember my association with dr flick who invented silver lawn that 
that I worked with for a few years, and that's what he's doing now is total energy medicine too, frequency and magnetic oh, healing. Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It works. Yep. It does work. It works. It yeah. works. Well, really Deanna, I had a Deanna, I had a question for you. Do do you still uh, actively participate in researching uh, history, and uh, uh, even because you've been at it for quite some time, way before I started? Um, right now, I spend a great deal of time studying energy medicine and. Um, putting my time in that direction because uh, this class is for certification and so I have to know this stuff. So I have been doing that recently um, and I've been doing, <laughs> studying a lot of legal kinds of things uh, that, yeah. that that are important for me to know. Um, yeah. So it depends on the stage of your of the lot of what you're doing in life, but when you were chatting, uh, when you were talking, I was thinking about uh, when I was uh, teaching quilting and going around to various organizations and putting on these little slideshows and presenting my quilts and whatnot. A quilt guild up in, I believe it was in Skokie. Uh, invited me, and I, they actually held it in a, a synagogue. And uh, when I went in, I attempted to be very friendly and chat with the people that I was sitting there with, and nobody would talk to me. Gosh, I, nobody's. It, it was just really they were very rude, and um, and then. Uh, they, they, I always arrived early and got everything set up early, and and then I got up and I gave my presentation. It was, it lasted about an hour, <clears throat> and then I went back to my seat, and this lady said, "Well, gosh, if we knew who you were, we would have talked to you," which tells you exactly how they feel about themselves being so much better than anybody else. That well, yeah. I, I just, well, they only hang out with the cool people. You got to right. be cool, okay? Right. You got to be one of the. You got to be in the clique. You got to be wasn't, cool. I wasn't one of them. I was a stranger. <laughs> and, but but to admit it like that. Oh, if we'd known that you were an important person who was giving us this demonstration, we would have talked to you. But they didn't. They knew that I was a stranger, and that I wasn't worth spending any time with or even to say hello they knew, or smile they knew you were yeah. a little a little goy shiksa they, yeah they knew that i was a gentile okay and they weren't going to have anything to do with me until they found out that oh gosh uh she she's not just air, just an ordinary now, gentile the, the other particular thing about that story that's interesting is that it happened in a synagogue where they no doubt feel at home like they're on their home ground. Right. And I was in yeah. dating. <laughs> but I just thought of well, that story. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Well, there's been a major expansion in synagogues now, uh, and this, uh, and particularly down here in the, uh, I'm, I'm in Alabama, 
not originally from here, but uh, I've noticed that there's a major expansion of synagogues. Of course, they, they have a different name for them here. They call them churches. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but those, those are, they, they've been rabbinified and, uh, and, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing to, uh, this, uh, go back to, uh, this comment you made earlier, Deanna, it's very, uh, insightful, profound, uh, statement of the uh, cognitive dissidents where they hold two two, right. two conflicting values in their head simultaneously of course this this results in corruption corruption of spirit and mental faculties uh, you're trying to reach logical conclusions based on false premises well I can assure you uh, without much leap of faith here that this this isn't going to end well for uh, the people that are doing this. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, like people down in the Florida right now. Sometimes we feel like we're yelling against the hurricane. But uh, uh, the, uh, if I can indulge for just a moment, what, what I realize with this system here, these people, the history, is that there's been a major population explosion. Uh, there's a bubble. They've blown a bubble. They've blown a population bubble, and it's based upon debt. If you follow, you follow the population growth and its rate of increase over the last 150 years, you see it's directly, not, not close, it's directly proportional to the debt expansion. Right. Well, what happens? What happens? Well, debt is credit and leverage. And so what happens if the bubble pops? Well, uh, there's going to be a population reduction. <laughs> okay. And, and people, I don't think people realize, have internalized that it, it's not just a real estate bubble. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a leveraged population bubble based upon an uh, unsound foundation of debt. This is deadly. Yep. And it is. Uh, this is this is what drives me to be uh, so, as the French would say, on guard. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, what did you say earlier, Deanna? This is good for all the the, the strong manly men out in our audience to pay attention to. What did Deanna say earlier? Uh, let me see if I can quote you, Deanna. You said, bring it on. <laughs> Did I hear you right? Did you say that? Uh, pretty I much, you, yes. You say, bring it on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you said, bring it on. Okay, well, come on, guys. Once you Once they're exposed and you're not scared of them anymore, they lose their effectiveness. That's right. And once you really stand up to them, they're mute. Yeah. They are. Well, they, they, I, they, they go after children that are throwing rocks. They go after them with with machine guns. Yeah. Okay? Uh, yeah. These people uh, are, are... What can I say? Well, there, there are no words well, in our lexicon to describe them, in all honesty. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, 
I like what I like what you've done over many many years, uh, thousands and thousands of hours broadcasting. What Roger does, what so many people are doing. Well, here's what I see you guys doing: showing others, teaching others. We don't have to take them on so much individually. Once you reclaim your your identity and status, here. Teach others, and this is what I really believe uh, happens here. And and uh, you, you need to be acknowledged for your well uh, years and thousands of hours for that. Well, you're one of the great examples of it taking effect on somebody, Daryl, because you do do that. But I came to the conclusion that that's the only way to spread it. I've tried so many other ways, and I've seen so many people exposed to it, and there's only a small percentage of people that respond, so we need to find the responders and train them and all start working together, spreading the word, because they can't right. stop that, and that's receptive person to receptive person. Daryl's very good at it with all of his interactions personal and business and stuff and I'm trying to encourage people and that's I've tried to get everybody educated up to a point where you can present this easily okay and explain it relatively easily now too certainly more so than we used to you know I did three shows with uh, with uh, Joyce before she passed we were friends mm -hmm. for many years and I don't think Joyce ever did get it I think she went to nope, her grave did. not getting this. Yep, she never did. And it's just that well, way with some Roger, people. Yeah, go ahead, Daryl. I, I don't know if Deanne has heard this before or not, but uh, your uh, your mentor, Mr. John Benton, had a particular phrase he would use when trying to explain pe to people why he did what he did, and it had to do with his freedom. Can can you well? What John, can you relay that? Yeah, John that? would get up there on yeah. stage. He turned into Superman, this mild-mannered, very meek-looking guy that got up on stage in front of people talking this stuff, and he literally just turned into a Superman. Okay, and he'd get up there, Deanna, and he'd say, "The only way I can protect my liberty is to help you protect yours." That that is uh, that is very good. Yes. And yes. what I've what I've well, had to find is that most people don't even know what liberty is, and you got to go. They out haven't a clue. And, and and start educating people and empowering them. And once they get on the path to self empowerment, like Daryl, they're off on it like a rocket ship. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I I sort of had a I sort of had a good primer, Deanna. My my previous life, I was an airline captain. And oh. I'm used to being in charge of my oh. own ship uh -huh. and being responsible, and I don't suffer fools or foolishness. And so I, I had to get over my own foolishness. I had to take myself to the woodshed, as a matter of fact, and, uh, and reorient that I, I just couldn't buy my way out of, you know, uh, you know, oh, oh, look, I'm making a lot of money here. I'll, I'll just... <sighs> You know, what's, what's that tax? What's that? Whatever. Here, get out of my way. Quit bothering me. I had to get over that whole mentality of I'm comfortable. All right? Right. And, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> 
and and so uh, it, it's a very powerful influence on a lot of people uh, until they experience the hurt and, and humility comes into their life. They can't appreciate, um, you know, that they're spending a inheritance of freedom that was sacrificed by others and you have to contribute that you have to replenish that fund and uh so uh, thank you again for helping helping replenish yeah. us deanna quick before there's our yeah. wrestler there i don't think you got time to give a long deal tell people how they can access you your primary sites uh, people may visit to me at spingola.com. And um, spingola.com. S is in Sam, P is in Paul, I N G O L A. And I have a bunch of articles there, have links to my books, uh, lots and lots of information, including a copy. If you just uh, look at um, at Noahide laws, you will find that we are now living under Noahide laws, and um, <laughs> so many, so many Not, things. Only, only, only citizens and residents of the United States are. Deanna, thank right. you. I'm really glad to see you back, girl. We'll have you back again soon, and continued speedy recovery. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and and. Thank you so much. Yep. Our pleasure, Deanna. We'll be back tomorrow with Paul, best I know, and uh, look forward to hearing what he's got to say for us. So you guys have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks again, Deanna, and we're tickled to death to Thank have you, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Uh, Deanna. Deanna. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Au revoir, madame. Bye-bye. Bye.